Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now.
101.5 UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Elves, kicking things off for us tonight, the Wild Rice Quartet with Daydream. They are playing at the Dave Barber Cinematheque on Monday, June 19th at 6 p.m. as part of the TD Winnipeg International Jazz Festival. And uh, that is primarily the spotlight of tonight's show. Uh, coming up shortly, I'm going to speak to Aline Homsey of Aline's Etoile Magique, uh, playing the Jazz Fest. And local pianist Will Bonus, who is also playing the Jazz Fest and whose new album, Is This a Dream, is out today. We talk about that and more. Uh, we got some more music for you first. Uh, this is B-Tox featuring Casey. And uh, they are playing the free stage at Old Market Square. Uh, this is on Thursday, June 22nd. So that's next Thursday, 11 p.m., one of the late shows at Old Market Square. Uh, this track is called Escape With You Tonight. Somebody, I'm looking for somebody to escape Somebody, I'm looking for somebody to escape with tonight. Escape with you tonight. I love it when it be like this. It's hard not to dream with the beat like this. Too much potential. Move sensual, groove essential. I love it when it be like this. It's hard not to dream with the beat like this. So come on, let's go. Let's roam into the unknown. Somebody, I'm Somebody to escape with tonight. Escape with you tonight. Somebody, I'm looking for somebody to escape with tonight. Escape with you tonight. In my dreams, yeah, uh, I can see. And finally, everything the way it's supposed to be. And in our dreams, yeah, we can see. Mm-hmm. We're making peace, so let it be. World that's for you and me. Peace, love, and some groove. Peace, love, and some groove. Peace, love, and some groove. Think that's what this world could use. Somebody, I'm looking for somebody to escape with tonight. Escape with you tonight. Somebody, I'm looking for somebody to escape with tonight. Escape with you Well, Aline Homsey's project, Aline's Etoile Magique, comes to the Jazz Winnipeg Festival Saturday, June 24th, 7.30 p.m. at Royal Albert Arms as part of the club series. Aline joins us on the show. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Now, uh, I'm always curious about, you know, when an artist decides to create a, a project that's under their name but not quite their name, you know, the, mm-hmm. it's not you, like, you know, like very often, like, it's the so-and-so trio or something, right? But that like, this is your project, but you're kind of creating like a, a secondary layer with this Etoile Magique. And uh, what, what was the decision-making behind that? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I, it is my group, but I also welcome um, ideas, collaborations, compositions, and arrangements from different people in the group. So I think part of it is just kind of like giving a little bit more, um, like less attention on just me, but more attention on the band itself. So the 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 people who play with you are part of the like creative process and not just the like performative process. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Right. Was that like central to kind of like creating the group? Like, was that did you seek out people knowing that they could contribute in in from the ground up when it came to like creating songs rather than just kind of like playing your songs on stage? Yeah, totally. So. Um, the reason I chose like the the particular people in the group is because of their um, their ability, not just their ability, but their like the special things that they can con- contribute and um, and just you know there's like a level of trust with people like it yeah like we all you know if there's a section that like needs a transition or um, a modulation or something like people can can feel safe and um confident in suggesting something Mm -hmm. had you like seen them perform with other groups and kind of like oh this person the 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 vibe the like the performance style this is someone i want to kind of like approach to to join etoile magique like how did you go about kind of enlisting people yeah that's definitely part of it and another part of it is i've worked with every one of these people in different projects Mm. Um, so as like a side person um, and just kind of like observed, you know, um, not only like their uh, their playing, but their personality and their willingness to to just be open and open minded with with the music. So that's how I chose them. So you yourself have worked as a side person for, for other folks. Do you draw on that experience when it comes to like working with other people? Like, like do you find that there's skills that translate or like experiences that you pull from from that when you're kind of like leading a group yeah absolutely I think I learned a lot from being a side person just because um you know you're 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 not in the leadership position so there's a bit of pressure taken off but you can uh, you can absolutely observe um you know things that 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 happen good things bad things um conflict resolution <laughs> there's there's so much that you learn uh from being a side person um and musically too like uh being involved in a group as a side person you just you have to immerse yourself in in that person's music so i think there's there's a lot to be learned from from that experience for sure then when it comes to kind of like leading a group do you try to be democratic or, or, or somewhat like open rather than like didactic about kind of like, these are my songs then? Yes. I feel like I maybe to, maybe to a slight fault am very, very open and democratic about, you know, decision-making. Um, I don't think, actually, I don't think I take that back. It's not a fault. It's, um, <laughs> it's just, it, it creates a, a dynamic, you know, I think where, we can all share and instead of me like i i guess it's it's a funny thing right like i don't i think being a side person is where i've learned this actually the most is like it's not 
a great feeling when, you know, you're improvising a solo and someone's like, oh, can you make it more this or can you make it more that? Or like, yes, direction is good, but dictating what it is can kind of take away that creativity from people. So I let people be themselves. Sure. Now I have to ask, like jazz violin, not the most common instrument. How did, like, did you start, you know, with like Suzuki series and conservatory, like violin and classical and then transition into jazz? You nailed it. Yeah, totally. So I did Suzuki growing up, um, which I think was great for, you know, developing my ear. And then I went to an arts high school, which had like a really rigorous music program, which was amazing. So all in kind of like this classical vein. Um, But my dad uh, taught jazz studies at Concordia. So there was always jazz around. And um, eventually I was like, hey, like, I want to try and improvise. I I happen to play the violin, but why can't I try to improvise? So my dad and I would play, you know, some some pieces like C Jam Blues and just I would just experiment with that. And um, and that's kind of what led me towards jazz and eventually studying jazz. And that's what I do now. Did, did your dad teach jazz violin or did he teach jazz with another instrument? Jazz. Yeah, just, no, no jazz violin on his side. I was just curious. I mean, that would make a, like total sense if, you know, your dad was into jazz violin that you would also pursue that. But, you know, did you have exposure to like jazz performed by violin in the home? Like you said, jazz was always played, but was that, you know, like Stefan Grappelli type stuff or? Yeah, a little bit, not a ton. Um, I think like closer to when I kind of started expressing an interest in improvising, that's when, um, like I think our whole family kind of just took like a deep dive into uh, Django Reinhardt's music with with Stefan Grappelli, and then later on I took a deep dive with the Mahavishnu Orchestra, which you know there are, there were a few different violinists involved in that, but uh, one prominent person is Jean Luc Ponty, mm. and I think you can hear a little bit of that influence in my album. Um, especially in that first piece, Caraway, where we kind of go into this like Mahavishnu-esque ending. Um, so th- he's definitely a huge influence on me too. With that, like with few kind of like jazz violinists kind of preceding you, th- is that freeing to kind of like pursue kind of whatever sound you want to in a way that like the, the, so many other instruments have just been like played to death in some sense? Yeah, it's really interesting because I play lots of different styles of jazz. Like jazz, you know, has so many different facets to it. Um, and I find it really interesting playing this. This has happened to me a few times, actually, where I've been playing, you know, someone else's original music as a side person. And someone will come up to me and be like, wow, you sound just like Stefan Grappelli. And I'm like, do I really like I don't think so. Like we're playing like totally modern music here like <laughs> it has nothing to do with like with that type of of jazz violin playing right so i think you know some some people will always have that idea with the violin sounding a specific way in jazz right but it is freeing as you say like it is freeing to be able to play um in a style that you know, on an instrument that, yeah, truly doesn't have that big 
of a history. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that that was one of my priorities too with, with this album is just, you know, what is, what is, what am I trying to say here and how am I trying to say it? So in terms of what you're trying to say on Eclipse then, do you feel that it's like an entire work like together or is it a collection of songs? Um, a bit of both. I think, um, there is, there's like an overarching theme or like feel maybe is a better word or mood. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, some of these pieces I wrote when I was maybe, you know, I don't even know now, like 20 years old. So, you know, they're more than 10 years old. Um, but I think I kind of waited to be able to present something, you know, like a body of work, I would say. Yeah. Mm. And then like, were you purposefully kind of like, cause you do bounce around in terms of stylistically on, on this record, like the, your, your instrument sounds different track mm. to track. Was that, was that a purposeful thing to kind of like show the like breadth of, of what you can do? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, purpose purposefully, I don't know. It, it just kind of happened that way. Like, um, because I have all these influences, jazz, you know, being like such a broad genre of music. Um, I think I'm influenced by so many parts of, of that, that history, um, but also classical music and also folk music. So I think that all kind of plays a role in like on this album. So it is a mix of, of different styles. Yeah. Do you write the songs on the violin? Like, um, sometimes, not yeah. always. I, I, I kind of bounce between, you know, improvising on the violin, sometimes singing, sometimes using the piano. Um, but yeah, I guess often I do use the violin. I, I, I always have my phone nearby. So, I, you know, I improvise a little riff, like Caraway actually was written this way. Right. I improvised that little riff on and I just recorded myself playing that on my phone. And then like a year later, I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like, what can I do with with this little melody? Um, So, yeah. So planting those the seeds that way um, and then kind of growing them and developing the ideas. That's kind of my uh, how how I, I write a lot of my music. So once you have a, like an idea like that, that riff that you did, that you recorded, do you then take it to the, the members of the group to kind of flesh things out? Or do you yourself sit down and try to flesh it out to kind of figure out what the, the structure is? Hmm. Yeah, in this case, um, it was mostly me and the vibraphone player, Michael Davidson. Um, we kind of worked on, on those ideas. Um, he kind of like was like, oh, maybe like this bass line could sound good underneath that riff. Um and then like I came up with the um, the chords for the solo sections and I wanted there to be like two distinct chord progressions for the two solo sections. So there's a violin solo and then a vibraphone solo. And then like, I think as a group, we kind of were like, oh, like what, what can happen next? Like, oh yeah. And then there's a modulation. And then the ending part was like a total collaboration with Michael and me just figuring out those... Um, that kind of Mahavishnu-esque um, riff and then like the the kind of modular lines that we play in unison at mm-hmm. the end. 
Obviously, you're talking about, you know, like uh, with the Mahavishnu stuff, stuff that's been around for quite a while. Do you find it's like older records that you pull from or do you are there like contemporary things that you've listened to that that weave their way into your work and writing? Yeah, I think the more contemporary stuff. um, I mean, I listen to a lot of like, uh, I guess you would call it indie rock, like Grizzly Bear um, and this one member from that band in particular, Daniel Rawson. Oh, his You Belong Um, Here record? Yes. So oh my good. gosh, it's like one of my favorite things ever. But um <laughs> yeah, like I've been listening to them for, you know, since I was a teenager. So um oh, I guess an old teenager, but still in my in my late teens. <laughs> um but yeah, like pulling a little bit from things from from that music. Um I don't know if it's that apparent in my music, but it definitely like is a huge influence for me musically. Well, it actually kind of makes sense in thinking about that Daniel Rossin record, which was one of my favorites last year, that there's like a halting kind of nature to some of the tunes where like the, the melody will be going and then it seems to like hold back and then start again. And, and just some like really interesting, like withholding from, from the listener and, and, and a drawback and a draw in kind of vibe to it, which I, I can hear in your own work. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, like his, his songwriting craft, like it's, you know, there are sometimes like these kind of bigger open sections that are almost like, you know, calling to more of like a free improvisation thing where, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if he's drawing from jazz in particular or, you know, what that's coming from. But I think I I also love the contrast between, you know, the, the kind of strict, songwriting and then like this totally open section mm-hmm. well to give folks a taste of eclipse i want to get you to pick a track off of it for listeners and if you have a reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about it i'd love to hear that sure um i will pick Ooh, this is a hard question for me <laughs> okay i'm gonna pick the track called hana kotoba and that is a word it's you know i love language languages and um this word in japanese is kind of like a a concept where it's like um each flower and each plant has like their own secret code so if you give someone a yellow flower it means like jealousy and if you give you know, someone, a a red flower, I think that's maybe more common. It's like passion. Um, So each flower and color of flower has like this, this little secret code that goes along with it. And I really love gardenias and gardenias secret code is secret love. So that's the whole story behind um, this piece. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a unique one. I think that uh, I I love, like we love playing this one live because it, it is very collaborative too. So is it a secret love song? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, well, we'll give that one a listen. A reminder, folks, you can catch Aline's Etoile Magique Saturday, June 24th, 7.30 p.m. at the Royal Albert Arms as part of the Jazz Winnipeg Festival. Aline, thanks very much for taking some time to talk. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, Friday edition of Free Range Radio. Right before the break, Hannah Katoba from Aline's Etoile Magique album, Eclipse, playing Jazz Festival. And uh, we are keeping it on the Jazz Festival groove coming up after this next track from Rurain, who is playing the free stage Saturday, June 24th at 9 p.m. at Old Market Square. We're going to be talking to Will Bonus about his new record, which is out today, called Is This a Dream? Keep it locked, 101.5 UMFM. 
love I been looking for some inspiration I want this bad, no exaggeration These rap jeans made me give up on a graduation But my peers graduated So where the honor roll students and recruiters in the schools I can point out everybody that told me I couldn't do it So I'm yeah, but I walked many stages Thought the hate faced us With the odd stacks Still I walked through the mazes I cried tears of joy I can't describe that Only way I could explain Is to cry back Almost settled for less But I knew that one day I'd be blessed Put my trust in God In the process Still through the progress Seen a lot of losses Many thought we couldn't ball So they crossed us But I did a run back Like LeBron James Pin the ball to the board It's my court It's game time Sometimes I think, why, why God bless my life? I promise that I'm gonna try to make the wrong things right. In case I gotta die tonight, I'ma give my all tonight. In case I gotta die tonight, I'ma give my all tonight. Running, 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 running. Yes, I'm running, running, running. Child in immigration, trying to reach heights to flights to elevation. When you gotta leave home and everybody that you know, that's a, that's a tough situation. If you feel alone, that's the work of separation. But you work too hard, you've been patient, mama. I'm running, running, running. Yeah, love. You see your son coming up, the next best thing out. And every single time I stand high above the crowd, I tell him all the things that you done to make me proud. Yeah, see I'm I was only 10, a moment in my life We took the bus, number 8 for a ride And you ain't had the funds for the ride And the bus driver said If you ain't had no money, ain't no fun in this life Ever since that day, that stuff that come my mind If I could only turn back the time and say a word I tell you patience Your son's on the perk of his greatness Sometimes I think Why, why God bless my life I promise that I'm gonna try to make the wrong things right In case I gotta die tonight I'ma give my all tonight In case I gotta die tonight I'ma give my all tonight Why, why God bless my life I promise that I'm gonna try To make the wrong things right In case I gotta die tonight I'ma give my all tonight In case I gotta die tonight I'ma give my all tonight Running, 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 running Yes, I'm running, 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 running Running, 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 running Oh, yes, I'm running, running, running
Well, the follow-up to his Juno Award-winning album is called Is This a Dream? You'll get a chance to see it for yourself. Friday, June 23rd at the Royal Albert Arms at 9.30 p.m. as part of the Jazz Winnipeg Festival. Will Bonas joins me on the line. How's it going, Will? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. So I mentioned that you won the Juno for the last record. Was there any pressure in recording this record following up on that? Nah. I mean, actually, there's less pressure because now I I don't really care. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, now I if I have that, uh, yeah, I'm not really too worried how this one does. I mean, I just wanted to make the best best music I could. So I actually I, I felt I actually, yeah, less pressure. You've uh, enlisted some some new players into this this record. Was that like a conscious decision to kind of like em- embrace some some new voices and, and some new sounds, or just like a product of some connections you'd made in the interim? What uh, what led to you know the the new performance? Yeah, actually, it was what led to this was um, I, I I spent about a year in Toronto uh, in twenty twenty one, and um, one of my goals there was to just kind of connect with the jazz scene in the city and. Um, I, I met a bunch of people and played with, played with some of them. And, um, some of these musicians are people I met in Toronto or at least got it, got a chance to play with for the first time in Toronto. And I thought, uh, that we just gelled really well musically. And, uh, so, so I wanted to use them on my next record. So that's kind of how that came about. So then did you simply ask them, like, what's the approach like to be like, hey, do you want to be on my record? Yeah, pretty much. Just you want to you want to do a record. And I, I, I if you're attuned uh, to musically and socially to how things are going, uh, usually you can tell if you're going to get a positive response. Mm. Uh, so I, I could tell that we were enjoying playing with each other with all these people. So uh they were all they all were happy to do it so um yeah it all worked out really well i know that so fabio regnelli is is on faculty at the u of m right alongside you is that right yeah that's right yep so i mean he's obviously he he's from that toronto scene but i i have to imagine that you two connected here here on campus and and kind of solidified things in that respect yeah like i, I met him when he came here so right. he, he is from Toronto originally, but um, yeah, we, we connected here when he came here to start teaching, but we've, we've gotten along really well since he got here and we've played a ton together and he, he was on the previous album as well. So he's definitely like one of my favorite drummers to play with. And so he, uh, I know that he played with Allison Ow and, and Dan Fortin in, in Allison's project. So like, did that all kind of like is, is, is Fabio kind of like the linchpin to this or, or just kind of like you went to the Toronto scene and, and started meeting people and. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of met Allison through Fabio. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they've definitely played together a lot. Um, and same with Dan, actually, he recommended Dan as a bassist. I might want to check out and play with. 
so yeah actually now that i think about it he kind of is the linchpin <laughs> sure enough um, it, th things might have turned out very differently if he wouldn't have been around so um yeah thankful for him then in terms of the material on on the record like did you have a clear vision of like all the the tunes that you wanted to do or is that something you talk about with the players once you've enlisted them like how, do, how does that work out um that's a good question uh i was i had a handful of tunes kind of in the books uh that i hadn't recorded yet um but once i kind of met every all these musicians and decided that these were the musicians i wanted to play with um then i really started writing music with this ensemble like this instrumentation in mind and these musicians specifically mm -hmm. so um yeah most of it was like i know who i'm going to be playing with so i kind of had an image in my mind of what would work with with these instruments um so um yeah, yeah, it, was, it definitely was pretty tailored to like this group specifically. So then, in terms of you, you do do some classics, you know, some Hoagie Carmichael, some Cole Porter. Like, are you thinking like which, you know, kind of standards or classic tunes you can arrange for for this set of performers? Like, is that is that kind of like, oh, hey, this one that I've thought about doing, I could work with. I think I think pretty much any standard you can make work. So it's more like uh, I know I figure out the song I want to do, okay. and then then I figure out how it's going to work with this particular ensemble. But I, I feel like with standards, you can pretty much make. The, I mean, the reason people use them so much is that you can you can kind of do anything with them. They're kind of a blank slate to some extent, so you can you can kind of use them to mold into any ensemble you want and any sound. So. Um, yeah, it, it kind of goes from the song first, I think, for those, and then figuring out how to make it work with this group. So is it, if you, when you're listening to standards, is there something you're listening for that you're like, this is one I want to do? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely the, the harmony. I'm really into nice harmonies. So I, I like to find tunes that have something going on. So like Billy Strayhorn has always really beautiful harmonies so i always love playing his tunes and um hoagie carmichael actually is more of a melody and lyrics thing so that one actually i was thinking like would this work well with uh the vocalist because you, you also have to think about lyrics if you're going to have the song and I, I really like the lyrics of that song but there are a lot of uh a lot of old standards that have really subpar lyrics so <laughs> Um, but that that one was actually really simple musically, and sometimes that's a good thing because then you can you can actually do more with it harmonically, like more of your own thing, um, if it comes from a really basic harmonic palette because there's more room to maneuver things. Whereas if it's if it's already pretty complicated, like a strayhorn tune, you don't want to mess with it too much. Usually, I find. So I like to do a combination. So a simple song kind of has just like a like a skeleton that allows you to kind of put whatever meat on the bone you want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that uh, arranging, are you using like a different part of your brain than you are from like writing an original? Like are you having to do different intellectual work? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because you, for me, writing the melody is the hardest part. <laughs> So um, since the melody is already done, it's kind of like, 
it's not that I, I like it more, but I find it a little bit less, there's like less pressure almost because, um, I already know I have a good melody. Like that's why I picked the tune. Mm. So, um, harmony I'm very comfortable with, like, especially as a piano player. So I, I always feel like I can come up with interesting harmonies for things, but, um, Melody is kind of, I think, the most mysterious element. And so so when you're arranging, it's like, okay, I already have the melody. So um, what am I going to do with this? So, yeah, it is, it, it, it's almost like uh, you get to skip the first part of the creative process. Right. What's a good melody to you then when you're writing your own things? Like how do you determine, yeah, this is this is the melody, this is working? Yeah, that, I if I had an answer to that, I would. <laughs> have a lot more money so i don't, I don't know <laughs> um I, it, it's just something that something that's singable and memorable i guess and uh i don't know i, I really don't know the answer to that it's elusive <laughs> yeah Does, so then when you find something that works like it's just like okay that works i i can't i can't discern how i arrived at it but it works for me right now pretty much yeah. Yep. It's it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I can't really explain. I mean, I'll, I'll sit and maneuver things and manipulate a note here and there, or move some phrases around until it just seems to sit. But um, yeah, there's no real, no formula or magical way to figure it out. I just kind of, you just kind of have to spend the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the moving things around and seeing where they sit, it, I'm curious about where, how that relates to making the record as a whole. Like, were there songs that you wanted to do that didn't end up on the record or, you know, in terms of the track order and stuff? Like, is that something that you give thought to as kind of like how things sit? Um, you know, actually, that's, yeah, not really. I mean, actually, when I decided to do this, um, I picked the repertoire and pretty much stuck with it, which is not always how it works, like we did all this music, it all seemed to work. And everything that's on the album was what I planned to put on the album. So it's kind of a boring answer, but it worked out really well. <laughs> I guess rather than everything being a, you know, torturous or arduous process, you know, you yeah, no, it actually was, it was a very smooth, uh, very smooth. And I mean, I've, I've learned a lot about how to like who I want to play with and what I'm looking for. So I, I think part of it is just that I chose the right musicians for the project. So everything ended up being very like pretty effortless. Is that kind of like, like a pre-production kind of thing? Like you, you've, you've sorted out a lot of the stuff ahead of time so that then the recording and the, the album itself just kind of yeah. falls into yeah. place. And, and when I was, when I was in Toronto, I was already workshopping a lot of these tunes uh, with Dan, we were playing together a lot. So um, by the time I got to, Doing the record, I had already played a lot of the music, so I knew it was going to work. Well, speaking of yeah. playing playing the music on the jazz fest show, like, do you have all the players from the record, or is it just a like stripped down version of it? What's the close? Well, it's 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 not quite. Um, so the record has Dan on bass, but uh, unfortunately, he wasn't available to do the tour. So um, there's a there's a different bass player though that I also played with a little bit in Toronto that's really great so like it's not going to be any kind of anything nothing's going to be missing it'll still be all it'll be great um so I got Jonathan Chapman on bass who's a great bassist also from Toronto that I met when I was there so um aside from that it's it's the same core band like the quintet but um 
like there was a there was one track that had Allison on it, and she's I'm she's not doing the tour because I mean I'm not going to get get someone to do just one tune on a tour. And mm. um, my friend Andrew uh, Andrew Goodlip played some bowed like arco bass on a couple tracks, and again it would be great to to drag him along for an entire tour, but it's only two tunes, so. Um, so yeah, we're we're missing those musicians, but um, it's largely intact. I guess you treat the the record as its own thing, and the the live performance isn't necessarily like a replication of the record. Yeah, I think because for me, I'm always hearing different uh, textures and contrasts within an album because that, that's an important thing for me. I'm always trying to have things be a little bit different from track to track. So. Um, Allison was here in uh, doing a concert with me, and I thought it, it would really work great to have the combination of saxophone and clarinet on that one track. And then Andrew, I've I've always wanted to do something with him because he's he's a good friend of mine and and a really versatile uh, classical bassist. He, he's played he plays a lot of other styles as well. So I wanted to get him on a couple tracks, and yeah, I wasn't really thinking about would would I be able to tour with this entire band. So. You just kind of do what you can when you go on the road. You do as much of it as you can, but you know there's economics and stuff. So, mm-hmm. well, before I let you go, Will, I want to get you to pick a track off. If this is a dream for folks to hear, if you have a reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about it, we'd love to hear that. Um. Ooh, I didn't think about which track I would suggest playing, but um. Oh boy! Now I'm now I'm. This is always the pressure. question that I ask that stumps people. This is it, like. I've, Feel pressure to pick the right one now, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe you want to put on this one called "Odd Serenade." It's um, it's a little bit. It, it kind of represents the sound of the album. No, actually, no. Put on the first track. Round, round and round. Round, round. Yeah, round and round is a cool track. Um, that one I really thought the combination of the bowed bass with the clarinet was like this really different sound that I don't think I've ever heard it before. And it's the bass is in the high register and yeah, it ended up sounding just really weird and interesting. So yeah, the, the opening track is called round and round. All right. Well, we'll give that one a listen. Uh, Friday, June 23rd, nine 30 PM at the Royal Albert arms as part of the jazz Winnipeg fest. Will Bonus, thanks very much for taking some time and uh, good luck with the release show. Thanks very much.
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Owls. Right before the break, Will Bonnets with Round and Round. And uh, we got one last interview today. I'm going to be talking to the uh, the people behind a program called Discovering Our Gifts, which launches next Wednesday, June 21st, at the School of Art Gallery here at the Fort Geary campus, the University of Manitoba. Uh, Justin Bear and Jory Thomas will be joining me. Uh, before that, though, Another Jazz Fest spotlight. That same night, Wednesday, June 21st at 8 p.m. at Old Market Square, Zune, the project of Daniel Monkman, uh, originally from Selkirk, Manitoba, but now in Ontario, a thrice-nominated Polaris Prize nominee, uh, most recently for the new album, Becca Maingan. Uh, we're going to play you a little selection from that. This is Dodem here on 101.5 UMFM.
So a program aimed at inspiring the next generation of Indigenous artists launches Wednesday, June 21st here at the University of Manitoba, the School of Art Gallery, located at the 255 Art Lab on Defoe. And joining me to talk about it, Justin Bear and Jory Thomas. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. How's it going? That's good. So I'm curious about the genesis of this program. Uh, like, is this something the two of you have been involved with from the ground up? Or like, where did this idea come from? Well, this program started um, where at the School of Art Gallery, where we didn't have like a ton of programming happening during the summer season. Um, you know, there's not a lot of foot traffic that comes through the gallery because the, the students are gone during the summer. Mm -hmm. um, so we typically have the, the BFA kind of thing happen in, in the School of Art. Um, so all the BFA students show their work in all the different classrooms. And then we do the MFA show in our gallery. Um, but that's really it. Um, so we wanted something to to fill up the summer that was meaningful um, and impactful. And uh, I was I was hired as the um, the Indigenous Art Education Coordinator just last year. Um, so we thought I would develop a program that um, you know would be um, useful in and reaching out to indigenous youth in in the community um, and then so we also hire jory um, who's our indigenous intern to assist with uh, developing this program as well so are both your yeah. backgrounds in arts education or as artists or a little of both so my background um, i'm actually an environmental design student here so, which is architecture. So it's kind of related to art, but it's not anything. It's similar, but it's not close. But I practice art in my free time. And I've always kind of been interested in like education and just teaching people and stuff. But when I originally applied for this, I kind of had no idea what I was doing. It was told I was kind of like self-guided up to me. And then I came on board and Justin was kind of like, oh, we're doing this thing. And you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing and happy to kind of connect more to art in the summer as compared to like, I have no time during the school year to do it. So do you incorporate Indigenous art into the environmental design? Like, do you find that those tra skills translate or those interests cross over? I think we learn about it a lot. And I, I'm only going into like my second year. So I want to try to do that more throughout it. Because right. I think like, a lot of the time in like architecture, I find that I see a lot in like media, they just kind of are like, they slap on like red, white, um, you know, black and yellow, like the medicine wheel colors and they call it a day. So I kind of want to mm. see how you can like indigenize spaces a little bit more than just the like standard go to. Um, but I also want to just see more indigenous art in public spaces, period. Right. Justin, what's what's your background? Yeah, I've uh, I've always been an artist since I was a kid, um, but I ended up going to university for urban and inner city studies because I was interested in doing community work. Um, 
I did a lot of work with artist-run centers before I graduated. Um, so I was in a number of programs uh, through the Arts and Culture Institute and through Martha Street Studio. And I really loved the artist-run center world, like the in, in the not-for-profit um, kind of system. And I wanted to learn more about it. I, I kind of had dreams of like being like an executive director, um, you know, going into that program. And uh, what I learned in, in urban and area city studies was I, I really liked frontline work. Um, so I ended up working for Southeast CFS. Um, and then later I worked for Oshki Gizig, um, another uh, it's a program that works with um, participants in CLDS. Uh, and yeah, so I was really, um, passionate about, about community work and, uh, and working with indigenous communities in, in a cultural capacity. Um, so with Southeast, I was helping with things like sweats and like drum circles, um, like land-based education sort of stuff. Um, but I always kept one foot in the arts world, um, because that's kind of where, my whole identity lies um and just this past year this this position came up uh, and it kind of combined my love of community work um and the possibility of doing doing outreach in community with being in in fine arts uh so it's it's been really really great in that way yeah it sounds like an intersection of a, a variety of your your interests and background the program itself is it specifically to encourage indigenous artists or to like wrap the heads of like non-indigenous people around the incorporation of indigenous art and not like kind of separating that from art as a whole mm -hmm. yeah i would say it's it's both mm -hmm. um the kind the idea behind this program actually came from from my work in cfs and working with a with a lot of youth who are very artistic um, but didn't have the same opportunities to access education and access like arts opportunities. Um, there's a lot of programs around the city that 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 do this sort of work. Um, but I didn't really see anything coming from the School of Art. And that's like a very important um, very important starting place for for a lot of artists and um, becoming professional professional working artists is, um, you know, doing their BFA and then eventually going on and doing their masters and doing work in galleries. And um, I just didn't see the youth that I was working with um, know that they could, they could go in that direction. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where, that's where this program kind of came out of was, was thinking about thinking about those youth and, and the need for, um, the school to actually be out there and like communicating with them and be in their spaces um, and and showing them that this is this is possible. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah. But it's but it's also like, yeah, like on from a, a university level and like a student and like faculty level um, showing that that this work is actually really important um, for reconciliation in general. I read uh, in the write-up of the program that it was developed in consultation with elders from the U of M. Does the School of Art have its own elder? I know that there are like faculties that have elders in like in the architecture. I think it's Valdi is the mm -hmm. yeah Valdi's the the elder in residence. 
Does the School of Art have its own elder? Not yet. No. <laughs> We're working on it. Um, yes, we have uh, a plan, a possible plan to to develop a, a space in the School of Art um, where students could could meet a, an in-house elder. Um, yeah, it's just it's a lot of work, you know, and it it kind of ties into the broader reconciliation action plan of the whole university. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's coming. For sure. Yeah. I mean, this is this is one step. And I think there's there's a lot of steps to take on, on campus. Um, the How long does the program run over the summer? Like is it the entire summer or like are there kind of like units throughout the summer? Yeah. So it's going to be basically once this opening happens next week, we're going to be having workshops through July and early August at like community organizations that we're working with. And then we're going to have a gallery exhibition here in the collections gallery of all of the work that the youth have done. And that's going to stay until like, I believe mid September after we have like a reception. So there'd be an opportunity for students when the campus kind of picks back up for, for students to see this art for, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to plan it where the first week of school, like students can come see kind of what was done in the summer and also probably generate some ideas and also for the youth to see their work in a gallery before they go back to school. So you mentioned the the launch is next Wednesday, the 21st. Um, what, what are the details for the launch? Yeah. So um, we're going to be uh, opening at, at five um, and the, the lunch will go till eight. Um, we're going to have a pipe ceremony to start. Um, and that's the, it's really important to, to do pipe ceremonies before you begin projects or programs. Um, you know, it, it, it's a prayer, right? And it's making sure that, that <clears throat> we're asking for, for things to go well and, and to do things in, in a good way. Um, and then we're going to go for a medicine walk. So we're going to look at the the medicines that are along the riverside by the university of manitoba um i've done a lot of work with with like urban medicine picking um and urban medicine knowledge and context of art um so we're going to do a little bit of a, a monoprint workshop after so we're going to ink up the plants and and make a number of prints and those are actually going to be shown in the exhibition at the end of the program um and there's also going to be a barbecue, so hot dogs, hamburgers, drinks, cookies, all that stuff. Um, and our guest artist is um, Catherine Boyer. Um, so, yeah, amazing, amazing Métis artist. Um, so, uh, yeah, you'll get a chance to uh, work up an appetite on on the medicine walk and and to learn some things uh, as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously around a campus, I think maybe because there's such a concentration of like concrete and buildings, people kind of forget about the river and the like encroaching wild spaces that, that surround the campus. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important, like, you know, we do those, we do land acknowledgements at the university, right. But it's important to actually like embody what that means. Um, and one thing I always say is that our, our treaties weren't just like made with, with humans they're made with like the animal and plant nations as well. And so it's important that we actually, um, respect those those nations and 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 actually spend time with them, or else we destroy them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so so it's important for for us at the university to actually be be out there on the land and 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 doing stuff um so this is just like a small way of of doing that through our program so uh where's the best place to kind of keep tabs on the program or learn more about it do you guys have like a, a web portal on the manitoba site or a phone number or what's the, what's the best way to kind of find out more info I would say you could go to the School of Art um, website. We have like an events page and we're working on like a program page, but you can also follow the School of Art on Instagram and there'll be updates on there. Um, if there isn't or you have more questions that aren't answered, you can email Justin or and I or call the gallery. Perfect. Well, the launch is next Wednesday at the School of Art Gallery, which is 255 Art Lab at 180 Defoe Road. Starts at 5 p.m. And uh, the program runs throughout the summer. And hopefully uh, the uh, art exhibition in, in the fall, folks, when they're back on campus, will get a chance to check out if they're not here on campus right now. Uh, Jory and Justin, thanks very much for taking some time and best of luck with the launch and with the program. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Been putting in this work, so I'm showing you the quality. I gotta make my dreams reality before I fall asleep. Walking my own path, I'm not what you call a sheep. Been polishing these dope beats, staying on that low key. Trying to get that touchdown, this is better go deep. I'm my blood, like my ancestors, OG. Shouting out these good vibes for anyone I don't see. Shout out to the blonde and famous, yes, how we make it. I'm just trying to be the one, they say my mind's a matrix. Times are changing and I'm trying to adapt. But then depression got a hold of me, confined in a trap So I'm writing these beats, and I'm rhyming the facts This is what I'm good at, so let me shine on the track, yeah I'm just trying to relax, but the stress is building up But I ain't trying to snap, yeah I'll be fine if you hold me high Then I can find my strength I will shine at the side of mine And be happy once again In the face of darkness just know I'll never run My heart is trying to be the brightest sun I call out to the creator To show me how it's done Cause deep inside I'm trying to be strong To bring in the light Take a look at what them haters used to laugh at Now they feeling me a little flavor made by Mad Mag just wanna make some paper, I've never had that I need a vibe, I escape the prize of a lab red Clap, clap, shout out to the gang Cooking heat, tryna make my donuts The future stay looking sweet This is strictly for times when I couldn't speak If life was a test, that is something that I wouldn't cheat I'll be fine if you hold me high Then I can find my strength I will shine with the sight of mine And be happy once again Darkness, just know I'll never run My heart is trying to be the brightest sun I call out to a creator To show me how it's done Cause deep inside I'm trying to be strong I'll be fine if you hold me high Then I can find my strength I will shine with the sun 
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. You just heard Bring in the Light from his album Blurred Visions, Matt Mack featuring Lee Neptune. Matt Mack playing Thursday, June 22nd at 8 p.m. at Old Market Square, part of the free stage for the TD Winnipeg International Jazz Festival. We uh, are going to play two more songs before we hand things over to After 8 Radio. Apollo's Sons are playing Dark Side of the Moon, the Pink Floyd classic, as part of the Spirit of 73 series for the Jazz Fest. That is Monday, June 19th, this coming Monday, 6 p.m. and 9.30 p.m., two shows at the Fort Gary Hotel Club Room. That's in the basement of the Fort Gary Hotel. Uh, I've got you a brand new track from Apollo's Sons, not out yet, getting its first spin, first broadcast. This is a track called Serpentine. And then something else that's brand new, uh, from a past Jazz Fest performer, probably one of my all-time favorite Jazz Fest shows was Christian Scott, who now performs under the name Chief Christian Atunde Ajua. He has a new record coming out late July on Ropadope called Bark Out Thunder, Roar Out Lightning. And the new single out today is Zodokan Eko Hunahe. I'm going to leave you with both of those tracks. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here next Friday.
Every can we make boom, we better make paper. All the choosing is yours, that morning we're ready that day now. For the side you feel, the side you stay. Oh, going on the past, smell the crimson running. Blood moon that night, said so they knew it was coming. One no sense in hollering, screaming and running. Dressed in white that morning, thunder take a comment. Thunder take a comment. When they sing about I go, I go, I go, I go, I go, I go on it. It is Jack and Muffin and I won't on it. I go, I go on it. Show see through that morning, hit his mom. Gonna shoot corn for him, gonna shoot that dog bomb. Coke them blue that night to conceal his drawball. Said to shoot through the wind no matter how far. And it's saying about I go, I go, I go, I go, I go, I go on it. It is like in my finna who nani. I go, I go on it. Sing about I go, I go, I go, I go, I go, I go on it. Hit it with I go, who lande. I go, I go on it. Dixie Vampire, Victory Spirit, we won't hear it. In your spirit, walk out the corner, for that trail in the background. Wanna kill him and jump Don't know how to act for him. Black out the half job, spotting no gun. Walk out the gallon, no one overcome. But a samurai, come on. Down boy, ain't nobody running. Make no hoombah, make no turn around, make no damn near. Tell her how I feel. Cherokee brave, y'all. It's a Creole wild one. It's a pretty white eagle, strong and regal. Guardian of the flag. Chief Akiba, first of his name. Was Congo Nation Great Congo Square Nation Zion that morning Chief Shoulder Carnation Hooray Chief Milo Hooray Chief Yanga Hooray Queen Nene Hooray Queen Zanga Hooray Chief Zumbi Hooray Gandara Hooray for Zion Son of Kara Gatlin Gatlin E.B.G. Kyle, Sir Papa Donald, Jokia Koja, my spouse in the morning, flag and go, your trail in the back bar, trail on my, snatch life out your hunter, brought lightning and thunder, got a pillar cloth the ball, kick over some Yeah, no more ball. Time to play, I say now. 